0: Hey out there to all people and night janitors, this is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is a man who isn't afraid of the forbidden bunk, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland?
1: Hey, Brandon. I'm doing pretty good today. How about you?
0: I'm doing alright. But enough about us. I know, we're Because we have a special guest today, appearing for his third time on the show, but the first time talking about Goosebumps, Troy. Third
2: time? I feel like... I feel like after this many times, I should get an introduction. <laughs> Just integrate it into part of the podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, you're from the bunk, What? Well, I want to be something. You can, all be right. the, uh, you can be the animatronic,
0: controlled by George. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll take it.
0: <laughs> it's the animatronic. How are you doing, Troy? Uh, I'm here. Hey, that's all we ask for.
2: That, that's all I can
0: give.
1: <laughs> that's all we got in the budget, Troy. So,
0: <laughs> For people who may be just starting the podcast now, because they don't give a shit about that Are You Afraid of the Dark business. You fools. <laughs> <laughs> who are
2: you, Troy? Oh, man, you'd have to ask my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get him on. I'm a guy in my 30s. I grew up in the 90s. I write, I read, I watch things. And that's about it.
0: Now, did you watch Goosebumps growing up? I did
2: not have thoughts.
0: That's so oh, weird. Really? Brandon yes. always claims that everybody could watch Goosebumps, Brandon. Yeah, that was the thing about goosebumps, is everyone could watch it.
2: No, I um I read the books.
0: Oh, that's pretty oh. cool. Okay. For like that's a, even better. Then you can be years. all snobby about it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm one of those Game of Thrones guys who's like, <laughs> I read the books years ago. And,
0: okay, I'm just
1: going to say it side tangent here. I read the books when I was in high school back in, like, 2007. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. And then I made Brandon read the books.
2: <laughs> I got in yeah. trouble for reading them because I was reading, like, like Stephen King and Michael Crichton in, yeah. like, fourth grade. So then, like, when we'd have to do book reports oh, and they'd shit. force me to read, I'd be like, oh, I'll just grab a Goosebumps book and read it and like... Two hours <laughs> and the teachers were like you we saw you reading like the shining last week <laughs> you can't just do you know goosebumps is like below your reading range i was like yeah but you're forcing me to read so
1: that's pretty good man i like that but, tactic
2: i was a little asshole. i still remember <laughs> we had to do a um like book report and then like what are they called a um we like make a scene from the book <laughs>
0: Like a diorama.
2: Diorama, yes. Oh, okay. And I don't remember what it was. There was a there's a Goosebumps book that's about like mud creatures. I remember
1: the
0: cover for yep. that one, yeah. I...
2: And I took. I had the remember the Mario Super Mario Brothers movie with John Leguizamo.
0: Of course, absolutely. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had the two. I had Mario and Luigi those action figures from the movie, and I I covered <laughs> them in mud. And then, like, made, had a hairdryer go over it. So I made a diorama that was, like, full of mud from my backyard.
1: So, I was essentially, that kid. what you're trying to tell us is that you are a Goosebumps-like... What's the word for somebody that's incredible? A scholar? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Troy. An aficionado? I don't even know. Yeah, just new classification. So what you're trying to tell us is you're Goosebumps-Troy. That's <laughs> a Troy. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen an episode until like I think I watched one like five years ago and was like, oh, this is stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it was this episode, wasn't it, Troy? So, Troy, I'll ask you first: What did you think of this episode overall?
2: I liked it a lot. (laughs) uh, What did you
0: like about it?
2: Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing: Imagine if you love jam. Okay. And, like, jam is your thing, and you like you like making jam and talking jam. And then there was a Goosebumps episode about jam. Even if it was shitty, you'd be like, that's awesome, it's about jam.
0: Okay, <laughs> That's my jam.
2: And, you okay. know, I was a theater kid, and I I like, I love stuff that's, like, about, you know, behind the scenes of the theater and the theater cast and all of that stuff.
0: I see. Is okay. The Tale of the Walking Shadow your favorite Are You Afraid of the Dark episode?
2: No, but I liked it a lot.
0: Um, Do you think this is better than Tale of the Walking Shadow?
2: It's more entertaining because it's worse.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'm going to say I liked it more than Tale of the Walking Shadow.
1: I liked Walking Shadow better man this is
2: just I also really like brilliant. Macbeth too and I know that you guys like <laughs> <What's> <laughs> know nothing about Macbeth yep. or Shakespeare
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say right off the top here that I'm probably gonna like say theater terms wrong or not know what things are called and you know you're just gonna have to deal with it because the only thing I know about theater is that you don't say the name of the Scottish play. I think that this episode has
1: a lot less theater terms and stuff in it though. It is very yeah. like uh elementary, early middle school versus like walking shadow being high school, I think.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: And that's Shakespeare and this is just some dumb phantom of the like, This is the a a play that doesn't exist called The Phantom, yeah.
2: Right, With and of course Esmeralda? it's based on Phantom of the Opera and Never heard of in Notre it. Dame
1: well, so, Brandon, Cor- I'm just gonna answer this. I hated this episode. I think it's the worst <laughs> Goosebumps episode so far, like, by far. <laughs> you didn't just dislike it, you hated it. No, I mean, like, I don't hate any episode except for Misfortune Cookie. So, damn I don't hate it. Just it's Well, the worst would you thing.
2: rather watch this or Misfortune Cookie?
1: I'd rather watch this than most Misfortune Cookie, I think. Okay, but so there you go. Even so, like, I still didn't really care for it. It was
0: boring. Mm-hmm. I feel like it took a long time to get where it was going, even though you knew where it was going. Yeah. And when it got there, you were still like, "Eh,
1: yep."
2: Yeah, we are miles apart on this one.
0: <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> well, we'll get into it. Should we just talk about it? Yeah. Well, do you yeah, know let's
2: the it. real quick the trivia about what makes this episode special?
0: Uh, no, Brandon.
2: Did you There's put in There's trivia. On? There's a stage musical version of this one. Why? Whoa. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not as bad as you think it is <laughs> yeah like, about like five years ago there's a goosebumps Phantom of the opera or Phantom wait, of the auditorium five musical. years ago something like that like relatively wow new. Like,
0: yeah that's way more recent than i would have thought
2: i was i tried to youtube it and i saw like um some productions had little like snippets but i couldn't find very much of it
0: Do they get really meta with it? Like, this is a play about making a play, about doing a play?
2: I hope so. Because
0: that could be alright. Yeah, I suppose. Some kind of Charlie Kaufman-esque. This is
2: is one of the most famous episodes, then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is the one. So,
2: (laughs) let's talk about it.
0: Alright, let's do it. The episode begins with an acid trip. It's a montage of very quick cuts of some kind of phantom gentleman, skeletons, and stage lights. Throughout, a weird voice says, Esmeralda, come with me to darkness. It quickly transitions to a girl in bed screaming. It's all just a horrible nightmare. We see her glasses atop a script for a play simply titled The Phantom.
2: Uh, And this means she's psychic, right? Because they've put flashes of future events in the episode here.
1: Yeah, she's psychic. Um, I gotta say, though, besides that fact, this girl screams all the fucking time in her house, (laughs) and her parents don't give a single shit about her.
0: Yes, I thought that specifically with one scene in particular, but like... Like
1: I know that's early to say, but, like, it happens. She screams, like, eight times in her house. Like, full-on, blood-curdling scream. And her parents are just like, yeah, fuck you, Brooke.
0: Yeah, they're, they're just putting pillows over their head, like, oh, fuck You're you, screaming again.
2: They don't like her. It's that wow. simple. <laughs> they're used to her acting.
0: I don't entirely blame them, but <laughs> I, would, I would still check. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like,
1: I know that was really early for for me to say that, but, like, I had to because (laughs) it was perplexing
0: to me. Yeah, it's definitely noticeable.
2: (laughs) I feel like, so I've watched a few episodes of Goosebumps now. Every character just screams a lot.
0: There's a lot of screaming. And the kids that scream,
1: they do amazing jobs in this show, so.
2: Yeah.
0: We don't get any, oh my god. <laughs> we might still. It could happen. We're only like I mean, six so far. In. The next morning, we see this girl, who looks like a dollar store Melissa Joan Hart, I'm sorry to say, yes. and she's looking at the script's cast list. She points to the name Brooke Rogers, and the camera follows her finger on a journey to her role as Merelda. There's only she like five names,
1: it. though. Like, it's not that hard. You don't need to finger it.
2: No, did you also notice? I paused it. It has Zeke Matthews and Brooke Rogers, and the other three names don't correlate to the other characters.
1: Oh, I didn't
0: notice that. Yeah, part. I like, didn't I, go back and check
1: that. I just noticed that like it was the father, and um, I don't even know right. the other two. Or...
2: Like spoilers, we're gonna meet Corey, and the script says Patrick Doyle. <laughs> 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 and then there's, there's like, three girls sitting there, and the other two names are two boys' names.
1: <laughs> That's incredible.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't a, really pay much attention. It's a very small play. There's not a lot of characters. And I guess everyone else is just doing painting and stage lights.
2: It's an elaborate set.
0: <laughs> it really is. This auditorium <laughs> is fucking amazing, I gotta say. My school auditorium was, like... I don't know, like a closet with a few seats in it.
2: My um my high school was I grew up in like in a village in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> so um our like high school theater was a small stage they put up in the gym.
1: I could see that, yeah. Mine yeah. <laughs> I I was I had an actual stage in mind too and I was on it because Troy guess what? I was in drama
2: too. Boom. Ooh. Yeah. We would have been high school friends.
1: I think we probably would have. (laughs) Wow, third wheel over here. I don't know
0: anything. (laughs) Whatever, Brandon. You'd be in drama too, I'm sure. (laughs) I would be in drama because you were in drama. And I would just be like, I'm just going to hang out with Cortland. I'm just going to move the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) I could do that. Exactly.
1: You'd be like on light duty or something.
0: Okay, now some radical kid walks by and tells Brooke, Way to go, go, Brooke. Brooke. Esmeralda is is a way cool part. She's like, thanks, Corey.
2: Plus, his line reading, I thought he was (laughs) shouting at her. Like, I thought, he goes, way to go, Brooke. (laughs) The line reading
0: in this episode is all over the place. (laughs) These kids don't know where to be.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Especially, I think, this part. Yeah. It's
0: because they are
2: actors.
0: (laughs) 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 Corey asks, what's wrong? You don't seem too excited. And it's true, she totally doesn't. Some other chick chimes in, threatening, I'd be careful if I was you. Corey helpfully exposits at us, saying, Yeah, Brooke, Tina's your understudy. She might poison you so she can play the lead. And we see Tina, and I swear I didn't set out to roast all these kids, <laughs> but she looks like a tiny Arnold Schwarzenegger in a wig. Yes, I couldn't place it, but that's it. <laughs> She's... My
1: favorite, not gonna lie (laughs) Oh, Tina's
0: great (laughs) Tina's like, good one But I don't even want the lead in this play This shit is cursed Corey makes a dumb joke But Brooke actually humors Tina And wants to know more Tina goes on to say that it's true Because her grandpa said so And she's saying this nonsense And we're watching the kids from someone else's perspective Up high near the stage's
2: lighting You gotta love a good POV shot
0: Yeah, there's a lot of them in the show in general, actually.
2: She also... So, two things real quick. I'm watching this on mute while we're talking. And because <laughs> oh, I... I Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Because I mentioned um, Patrick Doyle, I just saw Patrick Doyle's name in the credits. Oh, look at so that. So, I assume okay. the the three names that they made up that weren't Brooke or Zeke were probably crew members. It's
0: fantastic.
2: And two, Tina says her grandfather went to school 72 years ago.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. Like, how old is her grandparents?
2: These hmm. kids are supposed to be, like, 13 or 14? Yeah. Shouldn't their grandparents be, like, 60?
1: Yeah, 72 fucking years ago, man. Like, I know that's setting the stage for later for some <sighs> reason, but, like, what a what an odd time. So, are she trying to say that her grandpa was an elementary school student 72 years ago? Because, like, I mean, how old is their grandpa? That like, That doesn't add up.
0: But no, these cause... kids, these kids only do drama. there's no math classes. <laughs>
1: mm. yeah, they don't. It's like going to Hogwarts, like you don't learn anything important for you know everyday life. You just learn drama, like whatever.
2: <laughs> it could be a fine and performing theater school <sighs> that only five actors get to be in the major show,
1: Madame Visage, she's there, the crossover event, nobody wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. It all started the year the school
2: was built.
0: Tina tells us the school was putting on the same play, except on the night of the play, the boy who was supposed to be the Phantom disappeared. We're watching the kids from much closer now, pretty much just behind a ladder right next to them. Mm-hmm. Tina's story continues. The boy never showed up, and the year later when the school tried to do the play again... The boy's ghost appeared on stage. As she's saying this, a gloved hand reaches out from the stage's curtains. It grabs Brooke around the neck and fucking pulls her out of her chair, and we cut to commercial.
2: And no one cares. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not <laughs> Nobody at all. Gives a shit. <laughs> when we come back again, we have to watch her get grabbed again because they are not wasting that sweet stunt. <laughs> The boy who grabbed her says, in a fake Eastern European accent, Esmeralda, I have come for you. Can you give me some lunch money? Ugh. So, I have in my notes here that he's got this, like, fake accent for most of his line reads. But then, like, by the end of the episode, was like, I was like, does he just talk like that?
1: Mm, I don't think he does.
0: Maybe I'm confusing a fake European accent for, like, a French-Canadian accent. <laughs>
2: I don't know. He he hams it up when he's the Phantom, but he's, yeah. There is a difference when he's Phantom and not Phantom.
0: That's what I thought, but I second-guessed myself. And I was like, am I just gonna, like, rag on this kid for his dumb, stupid accent? And then it's just like, oh, that's just how they talk. Brooke is not at all scared now, and she says with rolled eyes, Bitch, you already owe me $10. I hope you starve. (laughs) Just then. Some lady that you just know is the drama teacher because she has a scarf on, comes in and says, what "What's all this noise?" noise? Zeke and it, Matthews. That's the best line delivery.
1: <laughs> she looks like Kathy Griffin. Uh, that's I a little love mean. Her. <laughs> you love her? I mean, I love her too, but like, <laughs> she's very eccentric and
0: yeah, she's great. She's.
2: Uh... Totally a theater actor, you know. She is. She is selling it to the back row, even though there's, like, close-ups on her.
0: (laughs) The Phantom takes off his mask, and it's a teenage boy with 90s hair who says, I was just getting into character. Mrs. Walker, the teacher, says that phantom tree will not be tolerated unless it's in the play. Tina pipes in to say, we shouldn't do this play, my grandpa said... And Mrs. Walker cuts her off saying, fucking Jesus with the grandpa shit again. <laughs> right.
1: I love the part where she's like, Zeke, quit acting on this stage, you know? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. We're, we're not here to work on characters. Tone it
0: down.
1: <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, I don't know why she yelled at him for that. Honestly, she I- just
0: hates
2: Zeke. We're here to listen to Tina talk about her grandfather (laughs) that she's got a weird obsession with
0: (laughs) mrs walker stands in front of the kids and describes the roles in the play to each kid Corey is carlo esmeralda's dad brooke says hi dad oh my god
1: i hated that
2: (laughs) that's a theater kid thing that's how people act when they're kids
1: all right troy you can't just blame this all on the theater kids okay (laughs) You can't no, just well, wave away everything, be like, "Oh, it's just theater, kids."
2: <laughs> when you were like twelve or thirteen, and you and your friend got to play like father son or something, you you do that. That's how you would talk.
0: I would. I would absolutely damn do it. that now. You're fucking right, right Troy. I would
1: too. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll let it slide this
0: time. Phew. Zeke is the Phantom, and he's secretly in love with Esmeralda. And you kidnap her, Mrs. Walker says. Brooke asks why she would be in love with some basement-dwelling creep who kidnaps her. And Mrs. Walker says, duh, because he's mysterious. <laughs> but then your boyfriend finds out about him. He kills him, and it breaks your heart. Zeke says in his dumb voice <laughs> that the Phantom <laughs> lives on as a ghost, haunting the theater forever!
2: But but how do you really feel about his accent? It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's incredible. It's great. I love it. It's just natural and good. Sean Potter, one of the best actors. Tina warns that that's what's going to happen for real. Just then, Corey, who's sitting on top of the stage lift, begins to sink. He calmly says, um, Mrs. Walker? But she tells him, not now, Corey! God.
1: Why wouldn't she just turn to look at him? It's not hard. He's not, like, (laughs) away from her. I don't get it.
2: Because he's one of those obnoxious kids who probably is always trying to get her attention.
1: It was more work for her to be like, "Not now, Corey." If she could have just pivoted a little bit, she could have swiveled and seen that he's sinking into the ground.
0: Mrs. Walker, like, she constantly like doesn't have time for Corey. She's actively like angry at Zeke for all his I don't know acting or whatever, and she just. Doesn't like Tina, so that's like 90% of her cast and crew that she just fucking can't stand.
2: But she did cast them, so how does she feel about the rest of the school?
0: (laughs) This is what she was left with.
2: (laughs) The dregs.
0: Zeke says something else that I can't understand, because seriously, this fucking dude with his voice. I, I don't know, I listened to it like three times. Cory continues to disappear, and instead of doing literally anything about it, he just keeps trying to get Mrs. Walker's attention.
2: Nobody else he, says anything either.
0: Even though everyone other than Mrs. Walker can see Cory being dragged to God knows where, it's only when Brooke says, Cory, that everyone runs to see where he disappeared to. <laughs> Mrs. Walker's bit. Mrs. Walker finally comes over, and she blames Corey, saying that he must have hit the button. <laughs> she doesn't want anyone else to use it, saying that it hasn't been used in years, and the maintenance men are still working on it. Amazing. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love it. After 72 walker. years, they've been <laughs> working on it, right?
1: Yeah, because she says something like it hasn't been used since the school was built or whatever or bullshit, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was built for, like, the original production, and then, like, never used again. Lies. Lies, lies, lies.
0: <laughs> Brooke inexplicably has another Phantom daydream, then, with the masked figure spinning in a fog-machined black room. Yeah. Corey asks Mrs. Walker why they even have a goddamn stage trap door. She says the school built it for the first production of the Phantom. You know, because the school's entire economy is built around this one play, seemingly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like their (laughs) moneymaker.
0: But they can never perform it, because it's always cursed. They're just (laughs) like, we're going to get it this year. The other kids want to ride the lift, but Mrs. Walker reiterates that no one is touching that fucking thing. The kids grumble out confirmation, but Mrs. Walker pauses and says, Zeke! Zeke looks very bummed, but agrees not to touch it. Meanwhile, from up above, the phantom watches the group and taps his fingers in anticipation. So, now we have, like, most of the cast here. So, let's meet these actors. Yeah, this is, like, I don't know, 90% or so? Yeah, the rest of the people don't matter. Brooke is played by Jessica Moyes, and she has been in two other things. A TV movie named Gang in Blue, and an episode of a show called Psy Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. And both of, both of these things were like 95-96, so very short career. Okay. Corey is played by Philip Edels, who played Jake in The Tale of the Reanimator. He sure oh, did. did. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's the only reason we had you on Troy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had to link it somehow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's been in quite of a lot of stuff, including also being in an episode of Psy Factor Chronicles of the Paranormal. And the new Ghostwriter mysteries. He also has a lot of other credits as a writer, director, and even an animator. Wow!
2: I'm glad that he has pivoted to off-screen work.
0: <laughs> it it probably wow. suits him better. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he was decent in um, Reanimator, but here there's just a weird line readings.
0: And... Yeah, he's got a weird energy in this episode, but. Yeah. One of the things he was an animator on, like, he animated and directed a sequence for Sesame Street. Weird. I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. Zeke is played by Sean Potter, who we saw as Ben from the tale The Door Unlocked.
2: Oh, my first episode. That's the only reason we had you on, Troy. (laughs) That's why I had to do this episode. We had to. There's actors from the two episodes I've done before. Yeah,
1: it's... This is the culminate. This is the uh, the end of a trilogy. You know, the <laughs> Troy Gardner Chronicles.
2: The, um, the last time you ever hear from Troy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, after this we're we're gonna shelve you. <laughs> <The> oh <old> shit!
2: <laughs> you know what I always say: end on a low note. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you and you have yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm uh, not. Oh man! Just because this episode sucks, Troy. It's not you.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not that bad. I I, I think I'm in between you guys. We'll see because we're only like
1: three minutes in.
0: (laughs) All right, that's true. Uh, Sean also played Duchamp in the tale of Jake the Snake and he played Pete in the tale of the Lunar Locusts. He had just a tiny handful of other roles, including playing Tink in a movie called Going to Kansas City. Now, Tina is played by Julia Chantry, Who's been in a surprising amount of things. She was Terry in Phantom of the Megaplex. So, yeah. you know, that's right a, cast. a very small niche. Uh, <laughs> she was Amber in Mean Girls and played the role she of was. a nurse in a movie called Awake released just this year.
1: Oh, very nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, she was the one that was making out with the hot dog in Mean
2: Girls. Yeah, like her character is awful, but she <laughs> she is acting in the role yeah, yes, yeah. She's she's doing the
1: job. <laughs> right. She's easily my favorite character of all of these characters, and I wish she was on screen more.
2: Yeah, they set her up to be, like, the antagonist of the episode. They do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like then that. they kind of drop the ball there.
1: Well, you read the book, Troy. <laughs> Is she more of an antagonist in the book?
2: <laughs> well, I remember on page 52...
1: <laughs> Let me pull out my book.
2: <laughs> I... They I really no butchered clue. the if, Tina character. If I even, mm. yeah. I pictured her as a redhead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and last but not least is Mrs. Walker, who I recognized right away as Kathy Greenwood, a frequent guest on the Drew Carey run of Whose Line Is It Anyway?
1: Oh, that's how I knew her.
0: Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah. She's, she's been in. Great. Tons she's of definitely stuff. a theater actress.
0: She had roles in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, And just last year, she was in a movie called Unlocking Christmas, which has got to be the most Hallmark sounding movie I've ever heard. (laughs) Now, class is over, and Mrs. Walker shuts the lights off as they leave. Brooke is behind her, and a voice calling her name stops her before she can walk out. It's just Zeke. He wants to break some rules, and he gestures to the trapdoor and says, Let's try this baby out. Brooke tells him, Dude, I dreamt about this trapdoor last night. I think that's pretty weird.
1: Did she? I don't trap remember door seeing. That?
0: But then, like, I didn't see all her dreams. We saw like five I seconds, I suppose. Zeke says life's about to get weirder, and he hits the button on the lift, dropping them both beneath the stage.
2: I love how slow that that <laughs> is. Can you imagine if you were in the audience of this show <laughs> and somebody it's was so supposed to disappear slow. in the trap door <laughs> and they very slowly go.
1: That's why they had all that fog, so you could just, like, fall on your face and then get sucked under the floor.
0: <laughs> I guess so. You'd have to. They lower into a wet and cobweb-filled basement area, and when they hit the bottom, the lift gives them a little shake. Brooke says, Jinkies, my glasses fell off. I can't find <laughs> oh, my glasses. <laughs> I forgot about uh, this part. <laughs> the glasses. <laughs> the camera is all blurry as she crawls around calling out for Zeke, who isn't responding. Brooke crawls into a spider web as a really cool song plays in the background. I don't remember what it sounds like, but I put it in my notes, so it must oh, have been Well, that cool. means I have to
1: grab it. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Zeke pops into Fran, saying, Looking for these? <laughs> Brooke, like the audience, is not amused. She asks where they are. <laughs> Zeke says, I don't know. We're not in the basement. We're way below the basement.
1: Are Which, they, though? they
0: didn't go that far. Yeah. This is a basement of some and, sort.
1: And it seems as though there's multiple entrances and exits, right? Like later. Yeah. Okay.
2: Zeke is a an actor, not a uh
1: He's not an architect. architect
2: or <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he doesn't know what basements are or cellars or anything. He's just... Anything
1: below ground level is like basement. Every one of them. No,
0: but this isn't a basement.
2: Um, I will say that it's shot very well. I'll it's, give it that, Troy. Fine. You know, they they do the whole like it's like dark, produce, so there shouldn't be legendally. light lighting, but we we get some lighting. It's just it, it well, feels realistic and creepy. The hallway and I, is
1: like all the light bulbs are like fresh and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, but they're using like the realistic like diegetic lighting, like from above, and I don't know. I know. What you're I sometimes about. when they do like dark scenes, it's like too dark, or the lighting feels fake in shows. I just, I thought this episode did that very well.
0: I agree with Troy. Masterfully shot. <laughs>
1: Fine, I give it to him as well. Yes. Good job, R.L. Bro- Stein. Yeah,
2: like, like he was holding the light scrims and everything.
1: <laughs> I blame everything on R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy, and your drama teacher. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. For the entire month of July, I am collecting stuff to give away for our Patreon-exclusive giveaway. Become a patron anytime in the month of July to be entered in to automatically win a bundle of fun, nostalgic goodies curated by me. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show and get access to our early release episodes, as well as be entered in to win. Higher tiers get more rewards, so check it out at patreon.com slash private island and become a patron today. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beth, Eddie, Mia, Tristan, and Venice Witch, the Silver Goths, Shane, Steven, Matt, Gerilyn, Evelyn, Brittany, Aaron, and Kristen, who upgraded. The Golden Day Days, Faith, Sarah, Angela, and Shelly, who upgraded. And the Platinum Bostics Bryce, Kathy, Matt, and our newest patron, Farron. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We truly appreciate it, and this show would not be the same without you. Looking for more laughs? Be sure to follow us on Instagram at private PrivateIslandPresents and on Twitter at prvt island. We make tons of content that really complement our show. We do live watch parties on Wednesday nights, memes every Friday, and so much more. Check it out and enjoy. For links to all of our social media pages, the Facebook page, Discord group, and more, check out the links in the episode description. Are you a podcaster interested in cross-promoting with our show? Send your promo to me at PrivateIslandPresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, dating start from Undertale composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Up next is the promo for Say Podcast and Die, where hosts Andy and Alyssa cover every single Goosebumps book.
0: Listener beware, you're You're in for a scare. scare! I'm Andy. I'm Alyssa. And we are the co-hosts of Say, Podcast, and Die, a podcast about the Goosebumps books. We are revisiting this iconic series from the 90s, starting with book one and going all the way through. The fears, the frights, the foods, the fashions. There's so much green spandex. Whether you're saying cheese or dying on your hairiest adventure or you're a blob that ate everyone.
2: Whether you just like hanging out with evil sponges or spending terrifying nights and terrifying towers
0: if any of those apply to you you might be a goosepunk. you can also check us out on instagram and twitter at say and die we put up new episodes every monday and you can find our podcast wherever you got this podcast we hope to be scaring you soon
1: thanks again for listening in everyone for now i'll let you get back to the show and i'll talk to you again soon
0: Brooke just wants to get out of here. Zeke, after looking for negative five seconds, says, Bad news, I can't find the switch. We may be here all night. A rat pops out to give us an entirely pointless jump scare, and then the lift starts going up on its own. Zeke jumps on board with Brooke, and they very slowly return to the surface. (laughs) Unfortunately, the mechanism breaks a meter before they reach the top. Zeke abandons that ship very quickly. Brooke calls out for him, and then some hands reach out to help her up. Brooke screams, and we see, not Zeke's face, but the face of somebody who definitely knows how long it takes cats to decompose. <laughs> <laughs> she asks who he is, and he responds, Emile, the night janitor. What are you doing here? <laughs> Emil, the night janitor. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids buy it. <laughs> oh, this whole
1: scene's ridiculous. Why? Why wouldn't they buy it? Why wouldn't they know the night
0: janitor? Why would they know the night janitor?
1: Because, okay, when I was in elementary school, we had like a plaque up of all the teachers and like the custodians and stuff. Yeah, on there. and so you like,
0: memorized it.
1: Yeah, because my mom was on there.
0: Okay. <laughs> so if you saw somebody walking around the school, you'd be like, "That isn't Toby." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I would question everything. I was a
0: child. <laughs> who are you what are you um excuse me show me your badge please exactly
2: so i did theater as a kid i don't know if i've mentioned that yet (laughs) i don't think so but sometimes you would be like rehearsing at school several hours after school ended like into nighttime and like my tiny tiny little school had a night janitor So, I bought that, like, this big-ass school with all their fancy trap doors would Mm -hmm. have a night janitor.
0: Yeah. I think this place definitely would have a night janitor. I think this guy's just ridiculous.
1: You know what, though? Quick thinking on Emil's part, I gotta say. (laughs)
0: He, uh, he he
1: delivered it, he was like, I'm the night janitor, and everybody believed it.
2: (laughs) Maybe he's an actor, too.
1: Whoa, the layers in this episode.
2: Yeah. Now I see why you
0: like it. <laughs> he's down below <laughs> listening to Mrs. Walker's teaching, and he's, like, writing stuff down, like, oh, okay.
2: He's auditing all the classes.
0: <laughs> Emil asks what they are doing there, and Brooke tells him that they had a late rehearsal. Emil follows up by asking how they know about the super-secret trapdoor, the one with the button right next to it. Oh, my God. He tells them that it's dangerous and tells them not once, not twice, but three times in increasing intensity to stay away. Did they even rehearse?
1: Mm,
0: No, I don't think they
1: did. Can we just give uh, this guy credit, though? Like, that trapdoor is kind of dangerous. I'm pretty sure it would sever a (laughs) child in half. It absolutely (laughs) is. (laughs) Those hydraulics aren't just going to stop when a body's in the way, you know? It's going
0: to keep going. I'm surprised there's not, like, dozens of dead kids down there.
2: <laughs> the basement is just littered with corpses. <laughs> and no one's thought, like, maybe we should just, like, seal up the trapdoor.
0: No. The maintenance men have been trying for years. <laughs> the next morning, we get a static establishing shot of a school, and Brooke shuffles into drama class again. There's only one other boy there, sitting in her seat. She says, huh. uh, excuse me, but that's my seat. He silently gestures to the empty auditorium, and she says, fine, I guess it doesn't matter. The boy introduces himself as Brian Cole. Is that supposed Coulson. to be playful? <laughs> I don't even know what it was. Nobody knows.
1: It was so dumb. <laughs>
2: I love that there's, like, eight empty chairs, and she's like, (laughs) oh, god damn it. (laughs) She's like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory.
0: (laughs) It's Brian's first day, as he just moved from up
2: north. Yeah, right? That's the equivalence of, like, I'm from Canada, I guess.
0: (laughs) But they're in Canada. Like, how much north can you get? Uh, Yukon territories? I don't know. He says to Brooke, you're in the Phantom, right? Like, is this school play world-renowned? The one that, like, has never been performed? This is so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Brooke says she plays the tragic heroine. What do you think? And she strikes a pose. This smooth... What?
1: I was going to say, do you guys ever just, like, hate saying the word heroin? Because it sounds like heroin. And I think it is. And I just, I hate it.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan.
2: The, um, yeah, heroin was named after heroin.
1: Troy, are you just fucking with me?
2: No, I just read a, um, Joe Nesbo, Harry Hole novel, and they get into, like, drug abuse and stuff, and talk about, like, the origin of the word. So and why, in, like the in, like, 1890, it was accidentally discovered as, like, a pain reducer, and- Like, nicknamed heroin uh, because it was like relieving pain.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. That makes a kind of sense. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, I'm glad I asked that uh, question. (laughs) That's why we got you on the show. (laughs) That's the one reason. reason. (laughs) (laughs) The origins of heroin, as told by Troy Gardner. (laughs) Now,
0: this smooth motherfucker, Brian, looks right into Brooke's eyes and says, I think you're perfect. He says at his old school, he was in all the plays. And he laments that it's too late to try out for this one. So
1: why is he here? Tina
0: ambushes this moment, wearing a floral vest to say, You can help me with the scenery! Brooke heads out, leaving Brian to talk with Tina. He gives a look, like, oh, this fucking chick. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, like he already hates Tina somehow. (laughs) Yeah. You're just, like, born hating Tina. Maybe
1: that's why I don't like the episode, (laughs)
2: but Tina's great
1: I know I know Tina's
2: amazing spoiler but if you were just like a ghost stuck in that school watching everyone oh. you would fucking hate Tina too
1: <laughs> okay yeah that's a good point I was thinking of it as a new kid in school
0: <laughs> <laughs> you fool you fell right for Arl Stein's yeah. trap
2: plus I mean, he recognizes I'm... he knows her grandpa and he hates her grandpa <laughs> oh god
1: <laughs>
0: The layers
1: wow. again. The layers are. This episode set, just whoa. gets better
0: and better the more we talk about it. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh!
0: Okay, so now we have like the rest of the characters that matter. Emil is played by Eric Fink. Eric has a long list of credits, including playing Mister Poe in the Tale of the Renegade Virus. Mm-hmm. Wow! Oh, which one's Mister Poe?
2: He was the uh, teacher. Gives him the um. The wacky uh, teacher?
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, he has the, the um, AI computer or virtual reality yeah. helmet thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, he does not look like that character in
0: even a little bit. Not even. No, not even like I didn't recognize a him. A
2: What was weird was in that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, I almost mistook him for Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall because he was all like wacky looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Uh, then, funnily enough, the teacher in this was in the kids in the hall brain candy movie and it's like
1: canada (laughs) it is because
2: the um the main kid from renegade virus was also in that movie
1: i haven't seen brain candy in years oh
2: i'm a big kids in the hall the only
1: thing i remember from it is flipper babies for some reason
2: (laughs) oh when when we're done with goosebumps when you guys are done with goosebumps, have me back on for brain candy.
0: <laughs> Eric was also in the Littlest Hobo and Sci Factor Chronicles of the Paranormal, which everybody seems to be in.
1: Right, right. Okay, it's just
0: one of those Canadian things. Everyone wants to in. look
1: into that. Amanda Walsh was the one that told me Littlest Hobo was actually a dog. So, what? Maybe Sci Factor's is uh, you know about like hamsters or something. Who knows?
0: That would be all right. Brian is played by Stuart Stone, and this guy has one of the longest IMDb lists I've ever seen, including roles as Doug Johnston in The Tale of the Quicksilver.
1: You know, I recognized his voice, of all things. Really? I was like, I've heard well, this
0: voice before. He does a lot of voice acting.
1: That must be what it was, because, like, I knew, I, I just knew he was in one of the episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I heard the voice, and I was like, is that the kid from Quicksilver? I think it is.
0: Yeah, he voice acted in six different episodes of Tales from the Crypt Keeper, and he was Ralphie in the Magic School Bus. We cut to Brooke walking the school hallways. Someone is following her, but we only see his legs. Some Jaws music plays as she opens her locker. There's a spooky skeleton mask in there. She jumps, but only like a little bit. There's a note attached, and it says, Stay away from my home sweet home, Esmeralda. Just then, we see the man who is following her, and he kind of looks a little bit like a skeleton himself. I thought the same thing, yeah. Like, eat a
2: sandwich, man. Why is there a skeleton mask? The Phantom isn't dressed like a skeleton. No.
0: Well, she had, like, dreams of skeleton faces, too, and I don't know why, because...
2: It was the same shot, they think, they reused. That's, uh,
0: like, the skeletons are not a thing in the play, or in this episode, other than
1: this yeah, it's weird.
2: They signify death.
0: It's like use what you got.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it Um, I just love that the uh note was read by Brooke in her voice. Stay away it. from my home, sweet home, Esmeralda. She didn't make it sound great, guys. It was <laughs> it was not it was not very like, you know, worrisome or anything.
2: Would you have preferred if you used Zeke's accent <laughs> to read it?
0: Yeah, because then I would be like, Oh man, it's totally Zeke. Which is what they want you to think No, that's what Mrs. Walker wants to think I think she wants to pin it all on Tina Personally (laughs) Everyone wants to pin it on everyone else Seemingly (laughs) Shouldn't you be in drama class The man says She quickly tells him that she's just grabbing her script And the dude silently watches her As she gets her things and walks away
2: Why does the principal know her schedule?
0: (laughs) Well It's probably just like Everyone's supposed to be in drama class all the time.
1: I thought it was maybe like after school or something. And he was, you know, he knew that the kids in drama would be there because they're weirdos.
2: But why was he like, hey, aren't you in volleyball? She's like, no, I don't do volleyball. I do. Probably
1: because she fucking screams in all of her classes. And it's like, God damn it, Brooke.
2: Yeah, she's definitely a troubled kid.
1: <laughs> she's a bit psychic
0: for some reason. <laughs> yes, I don't know.
2: I just want to know why she's psychic, and that's never brought up.
0: (laughs) I figured, well, I guess that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Brooke finds Zeke at his locker and tells him, nice try, but it didn't work. Zeke says, huh? She shows him the note, and he says, I didn't write that. It was the Phantom. This triggers another daydream. She sees the Phantom in her mind again, and this transitions back to real life where Brooke is screaming but she's just practicing for the play this time. She hears the tiniest little sound from near her closet, and she gets up to investigate. There's another jump scare as a game of checkers spills onto the floor. She derides herself for being so easily startled and closes her closet door. In the door's mirror, we see a fabulous-looking phantom spreading his cape out like he's Batman. Brooke <laughs> screams. Screams. We got to commercial, and when we come back, Brooke is still only like one quarter of the way through her screen. The phantom jumps next to her, and in Zeke's dumb voice, asks, Does this mean you like my costume? (laughs) And it was definitely
1: at this point when I was like, Brooke, where are your parents? If my son was screaming in his room,
0: like, multiple times, and I heard those checkers hit the floor, I'd be like, fuck, I gotta go save him. I thought that when I was watching the episode, but now now that I'm reading these notes, like, she's practicing screaming for her play. So at least in this instance, her parents would just be like, um, oh, she's, uh, you know, doing her thing.
2: The, the way he's like, oh, do you like my costume? And the way that they're, like, rehearsing? I felt like, like he went to her house after school, then, like, changed into his costume, like, in her bathroom, and then scared mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Scared him. I th-
1: I thought it was like a Clarissa explains it all kind of thing where uh, Sam pushed his ladder up to her window and climbed up and spooked her.
2: Either way, her parents know there's like their preteen daughter is uh-huh. screaming because there's some boy in her room. <laughs> and like, you know, we'll, we'll give them some privacy. <laughs> <laughs> they're great parents.
0: Yeah, guys, we're like halfway through the episode now. And like, so far. There hasn't really been anything scary that actually happened. It's just like fake out after fake out. I think that's, that's my problem know that with the episode. Really scary. Like, I don't need them to be scary because they're goosebumps and they're they're not that scary. But like, I I just can't deal with all these like, oh, it's something scary, but no, it's not actually. I just think the episode's boring. I'm just, I'm not gonna lie.
2: I think it's boring. I feel like we've been laughing a lot at it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so- I mean, that like, everything's
1: better when you analyze it and talk with friends about
2: it. And I guess I, I mean, when I sat down to watch this one, I was thinking critically about it. So I was ragging on it the whole time in my head.
1: I will say, uh, when I watched it, I've watched it twice now. And, um, each viewing felt more like 45 minutes than half <laughs> an hour, uh, or 22 minutes. So that's where I'll leave that. All right. That that's always like a, a good sign.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Brooke is over all of this pranking business. Zeke tells her to chill out. Brooke says, come on, let's rehearse. But Zeke shakes his head at the audacity of Brooke to not compliment him for how good he looks in his phantom costume. He seems genuinely hurt. What is
2: their relationship?
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know either, cause like, they're like friends, but they're not. Zeke seems to be very into this play, but also like, I don't care. At the same time, I don't know what's going on.
2: There's no consistency with, like, these characters whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, they they act like they're just cast members, but then they also are, like, hanging out at the house. <laughs> he's sneaking into a room to show off his vest like a little fabulous theater boy would. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also sort of, like, not into it, but I don't know.
0: It is very hot. Brooke jumps right into line reading, and it transitions beautifully into the next day where she's at school, continuing the same line. Tina comes up now to say some more bullshit about curses, and she yells at Brian to finish painting. Brooke asks him, aren't you glad you moved here? And Brian tells her he's just happy to be part of the production. Mrs. Walker comes in to call Brooke for a scene rehearsal. Tina tells her to break her leg and suspiciously climbs the stairs leading above the stage.
2: And Mrs. Walker tells Tina to, like, fuck off and not order Brian around, doesn't she? <laughs>
1: yeah, she hates Yeah, she sure hates does. Tina. Poor Tina.
2: She hates
0: everyone.
1: <laughs> so this is the point where they're trying to set it up to be like, ooh, who could it be? Because they're like, oh, Tina, she's yeah out to get Brooke and steal her part as
0: Esmeralda or some bullshit.
2: Mm-hmm. She is the understudy.
0: Everybody's got motive. The greatest villain. brooke and Corey rehearse a scene in which he tells her that she ain't gonna have no monster baby daddy the lights go out (laughs) what
1: (laughs) no like continue i'm just that's for me
0: (laughs) brooke immediately points out a shadowy figure hanging out above the catwalk the dude indiana jones is on a rope onto the stage he grabs brooke and with a fully grown man's voice tells her, Go away, Esmeralda! Go away! He throws her down gently and prances to the trapdoor, where he slowly <laughs> slides out of sight.
2: That is all very accurate.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All of a sudden, a door drops from above, landing right by Brooke. Written in red paint on the door are the words, Last warning, stay away, Esmeralda, or else. He almost just fucking killed her, honestly. Like, she had to scoot
1: out of the way of that door. She was going to be like, I don't know. She, she would have gotten some broken bones at least.
2: All according to plan. It, it came down hard, yeah. yeah and like, it's it a door. door.
1: It would have, like, like, punctured her lungs, and she would have been like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Star Wars movie when those doors just, like... <laughs> all those hydraulics. <laughs>
0: Zeke conveniently shows up at this moment, saying, Sorry, I was late. Mrs. Walker fucking blasts him, saying he's gone too far this time. Zeke says his classic catchphrase, Huh? He claims he was at (laughs) a dentist appointment. Tina pops up, saying, Hey, uh, this paint leaves a trail. Let's follow it and see who did it. The group follows the red paint spills. Mrs.
2: Walker legitimately thinks Zeke masqueraded himself yeah. as a 40-year-old man, <laughs> yeah. went down into the basement, and then, five seconds later, appeared in a full costume change at the end of the auditorium.
0: She wants it to be him
2: so that badly. That's some like Penn and Teller <laughs> bullshit.
0: <laughs> the group follows the red paint spills until they arrive at Zeke's locker. He opens it up, and sure enough, there's a bucket of paint. He claims it's not his and he was just holding it for a friend, but Mrs. Walker hates this kid, and she says she's calling his parents. (laughs) And he's out of the play, and if anything else happens, the whole goddamn thing is over. Later, Brooke is walking with Zeke and Brian. She suggests that maybe they shouldn't do the play, and she asks Zeke if he really didn't do it. He's adamant that it wasn't him, and Brian says, if it wasn't Zeke, then who did it? Zeke throws Tina under the bus, and I'm inclined to agree with him, because it was probably her. Even though I know who it was.
2: Do we know for a fact it wasn't Tina? Even if she didn't do it,
0: I wouldn't mind seeing her get in trouble for it. (laughs) Tina's a great character, but also she sucks. (laughs) I like watching her, but I wouldn't like being near her. Wow. They walk past a maintenance worker, messing with something in the ceiling tiles.
2: They tell oh, him there's
0: a big mess in the auditorium, and he needs to clean it up. He says, it's got to wait <laughs> until morning. Brooke says, well, maybe the night guy can do it later. The man stops what he's doing to the say,
2: Night janitor. Nate janitor? There's no night janitor.
0: The man mocks her <laughs> and goes back to his business. <laughs> Dude, I'm going
1: to pull a clip of the way he talks. Yeah, it it's so great. fucking
0: funny. Emile, the night Did you night guys recognize changer.
2: him? fuck no uh
0: i did recognize him yeah i didn't write down who he was because i was like he's in five seconds of this episode but i did i did recognize who he was
2: he's been in tons of um like he was in like five of the george romero zombie movies
1: okay i did recognize his face and stuff but i didn't look him up either yeah i can't
2: think of his name he's one of those actors that pops up in like every canadian horror movie and
1: I think he is my favorite character besides Tina. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I want to turn on the episode and hear him say that line. Cause he says it so funny. Like I was,
0: I was crying from it. It was so good. See, this episode's great. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> we cut to nighttime at the school. The same three kids are investigating the auditorium. Brooke thinks maybe they should just call the
2: cops. Why is Zeke even there? He's, He's off the show, right?
1: Yeah, Zeke's off the show and yeah. nobody like like nobody knows who this Brian kid even is. Why is he there too?
0: <laughs> yeah. Does does anyone like talk to or look at Brian other than Brooke? No. right here. I forgot about But that.
1: it's just so weird. Like this kid's just like I'm in I'm I want everything to do with this play now. And they just accept him as one of their <laughs> own. I don't know. I don't get it.
2: Yeah, because we theater kids were outcasts I <laughs> who accept anybody,
1: <laughs> anybody that'll look your way. You're like, yes, let's explore the school at night together.
2: <laughs> we are friends now.
0: <laughs> Mysterious new kid Brian doesn't want the cops involved with the excuse that Mrs. Walker will cancel the play if the pigs get involved. Zeke tells Brooke that maybe <laughs> the crazy person's dreams she's been having are a warning. He tells her not to go, but she says, I'm going. The three take the lift below the stage. As soon as they reach the bottom, Zeke says that Emil is down here for sure. Brooke wonders if maybe Emil is a g-g-g-ghost. The lift starts going up on its own, and so the kids have no choice but to press on. They reach some kind of door bathed in blue light, and they open it. Inside is a living space with a kettle and a bed and a recliner. You know, all the essentials. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) I'm jealous. Yeah, right? It seems like a pretty sweet pad. I'm not going to lie. Suddenly, a masked phantom-y looking figure jumps out and says, Why didn't you listen to me? The phantom! I told you to stay away. You should have listened to me. The kids get the hell out of there. But the phantom grabs Brooke as she runs away. You should have listened to me, he repeats like four times. She pulls his mask off, and for reasons I cannot imagine, she is surprised to find out that it is a meal. Why is he dressed like a phantom, though?
1: Like, I know he's bored down there or whatever, but, like, why did he make a phantom costume? Why did he do that?
2: Um, What else would you do? You can't
1: scare the kids away from the school. They still have to go there.
0: I'm guessing he he heard the rumors about, you know, this thing being haunted so he's just playing into that that's a he is a lot of free time like i guess that's
1: the point oh, he's yeah a homeless man but
0: like <laughs> he's not out there hustling sitting
1: there, sitting there like gotta cut the fabric i don't know i don't
2: get he makes like his face mask is like painted like paper mache or something mm-hmm. weird yeah it looks like shit <laughs> but he when Give him he a break. almost killed brooke no. earlier It it was, like, the real one.
1: Oh, yeah. I kind of noticed that, too. Because when she's pulling it off, it's, like, duct taped together. It looks like garbage.
2: Yeah. This
1: is his
0: backup mask, guys. The police are going to raid this place later, and there's going to be, like, 50 masks and capes all over.
1: This is how uh, the tale of The Last Dance should have ended. Also,
0: lots of dead bodies.
2: Oh, with them actually, like, getting the guy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't get the There wasn't even any police involvement whatsoever in the tale of the last dance, so...
2: Oh, yeah, and it was was a lot pervier. Like, I don't think Emil is perving on the kids.
0: No, he really just wants them to go away. Right. He's very upfront with his motives. Brooke breaks free from his grasp to meet up with the others waiting on the empty lift platform. Another man's voice calls out, Who's there? It's Mr. Levy. Now it's Emile's turn to cheese it, and he quickly ducks away. Next, we see a police officer letting Mrs. Walker and Mr. Levy into the auditorium. Mrs. Walker explains that this mysterious Emile character seems to have gotten away, but they found his hat and a
2: mask. So there's clearly another exit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because not only did he get away, but also Mr. Levy somehow, like, wiggled down there as well, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Yeah, so there's just like multiple entrances and exits to this long abandoned basement under the theater? Yes. Okay. That's... That tracks.
0: (laughs) That is our current understanding of the situation. Okay. The officer believes that it was simply a homeless man living beneath the stage. This makes too much sense to Brooke, who thinks, Duh, that's why he kept telling me to go the hell away. Mr. Levy shames the kids for their poor judgment, and says that if there hadn't been a staff meeting that night, they may have been down there all night. I don't understand why or how Mr. Levy went down there in the first place. Like, the kids didn't go missing, they weren't really screaming... He wouldn't have heard them anyway, from wherever the staff meeting was. He's just hanging because out because
2: he, he—he is the one who's perving on a meal. Damn!
0: See, this episode just keeps wow. giving and giving the
1: layers that
0: we're yeah. creating,
2: people. Yeah, Mister Levy likes to sneak into the basement and watch homeless people.
1: <laughs> wow! You know, make paper mache
2: masks.
1: He looks like he would, though, right? He yeah. does.
2: It's a very specific fetish. <laughs>
0: This skeletal man. Yeah, that's his (sighs) entertainment. Now Mrs. Walker does the impossible, and she actually apologizes to Zeke for being wrong. wrong She reinstates him into the play, play? and Brian declares... The
1: Phantom lives! Yeah, shut
0: up, Brian. What the... Why are you even here? I know. I thought you you were
2: cool, Brian. The only reason she put him back in the play is because the posters were already made.
1: (laughs) So who was going to play the Phantom if Zeke wasn't in there?
0: I don't know. Nobody... Like, I mean, it. that's
1: like the only other character that is important.
0: <laughs> Organ music transitions us into the night of the play. Brooke, as Esmeralda, calls out for her precious phantom. Zeke, as the phantom, stands slightly below the stage on the lift and he psychs himself up, saying, Relax, don't be nervous. He's ready to go, but the lift won't rise. Suddenly, another phantom chloroforms Zeke from behind and this phantom hits the switch, <laughs> raising the lift. Esmeralda says, we are together at last. I have dreamt of this moment for so long. The phantom responds, so have I, Esmeralda, so have I. And he grabs her wrists. Brooke tells him, not so rough, Zeke. And she looks into his face. And the phantom's eyes are fire. Like, literally a fire. (laughs) They are
1: there, is what you're trying to
0: say, yes. (laughs) She gives a tiny little scream. The Phantom continues. I like that
2: she breaks character immediately <laughs> when he grabs her. <laughs> hey, Zeke, don't go so rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, she screams that shit. The audience is like, huh? <laughs>
2: who's, who's Zeke? What's my the Phantom says,
0: I have lived under this theater for more than 70 years. I used to play the Phantom on this very stage. It was to be the greatest night of my life, but it was not to be. Mrs. Walker's looks on, holding her script like this motherfucker is going off book. The Phantom says, "I fell into the abyss where I became a real phantom." He finally got his moment to play his ultimate role, and he wants Esmeralda to come with him. She says, "Never," and pulls off his mask, and it's Brian. Oh,
1: who knew? Were you guys that? like
0: totally shocked?
2: What a twist!
1: No, I wasn't. <laughs> Especially considering we have seen Tina. Uh, it cuts to Tina and uh, Corey or whatever his name was looking at the script as well. Over so. oh,
2: those mutton chops. Yeah, the yeah. mutton chops.
1: Oh my god, mutton chops were great.
2: I don't get how this is the end of the show, and Zeke was psyching himself up to go on stage for the first time.
1: I was thinking
0: maybe the play is actually supposed to be longer than yeah. what happens here. I think Brian just fucks it up. <laughs> But then Mrs. Walker's oh, like... did they
2: really only put on, like, a seven-minute show? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Like, like, there's only three characters.
2: And then they're like, oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> the way you cut out 90 minutes of the play we've been working on? All the
1: parents were very excited that they didn't have to sit through more of this garbage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, thank God.
1: <laughs> they're like... <laughs> They're like, something climactic happened. Let's just stand and applaud. Hopefully it will be done. We can go home.
0: Brian yells, no! And he falls down the elevator shaft again. The curtain Dude, drops. forever. Well, yeah, it's a long like way down. Like, the scene down.
1: is done, and you can still hear him being like, no.
0: <laughs> Or maybe he's just, like, going down the lift. Oh, yeah,
1: that's probably what that is.
2: <laughs> so we, we find out that Brian... Died 72 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they said he just, like, vanished? No one ever found his body down in the basement? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> Which is a huge problem, especially considering, like, nobody knew about this uh, hydraulic floor trap thing, and yet it's a prominent feature in this play. So and it I just keeps
0: know. going on its own all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, make an, it makes no sense.
0: The curtain drops, and the audience claps and hollers. Mrs. Walker comes on stage to say that the play was marvelous. Tina comes on stage to say, What about the scenery? And Mrs. Walker pushes her out of the way.
1: That is the best part. I loved it.
0: Yeah, that's the best
1: part. I of wish
2: episode. that Mrs. Walker was in every episode.
0: She could be <sighs> the Vink. She could She's do it. She's good. She runs over to Zeke, lying unconscious on the stage, and tells him... I don't know where those lines came from, mister, but they were brilliant. The rest of the group goes away to greet their audience, and Brooke stays with Zeke. He says something hit him on the head, but Brooke is not interested in that at all, and she wonders what this mysterious book near Zeke is. As Zeke struggles to remember his own name, Brooke reads the book, which is titled Tomorrow's Leaders, 1923 Yearbook. She tells Zeke the phantom was here. She tells him the whole deal, how Tina was right and everything, and she opens the yearbook. We see a page advertising the, sc- the coming school play, and performing as the Phantom is Brian Coulson. What? To make sure that absolutely no one misses it, they say it aloud. His name <laughs> is Brian Coulson.
1: It's for all the kids that can't read.
0: Uh, this moment, which is filmed and like sequenced out to be like the plot twist, I mean... The plot twist already happened. We know. We know it was Brian.
2: He delivered a whole monologue. <laughs> he told us.
1: <laughs> like, it's stupid and everything, but, like, they didn't... She wasn't like, is that you, Brian? When she pushed him into, uh, you know, an infinity pit. Um, And they don't really, like, stay on his face when she re- reveals the mask. So, while I agree it's stupid, like, I don't know. It's for the kids that... <laughs> didn't catch it, probably. I don't know.
0: I feel like they wanted to just have, like, a the shining ending. That's probably what it is, yeah.
2: So, did, did you notice Zeke's brilliant acting in this last scene? Um... <laughs> when they do the, um, like, curtain call and stuff, he's acting like he's concussed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't notice. That's cool.
2: Oh, I love that, he, that he's just, like, he's, like, touching his head and, like, <laughs> looking around. And it was... <laughs> really good, like, scene work. By, He's a pro. By this kid that we that we pick on constantly. <laughs> and it reminded me of The Room. <laughs> because. Oh, jeez. There's a scene in The Room when the, um, the psychiatrist, in real life, that actor uh, hit his head while they were filming. Yes. And then they just kept filming, even though he had a concussion. <laughs> and the actor is sort of just like, roaming around the back of the set and like playing with things. <laughs> and Tommy so is just like, he's good. We on budget. Keep going.
0: <laughs> that is Phantom of the Auditorium. Cortland, do you still hate this episode?
1: Um, I still think it's pretty boring. Not going to lie. Um, will I ever watch it again? The answer is yes, because I have to do a watch party for it.
0: <laughs> After that, though, probably never again. You've already watched it. Twice as many times as I have.
2: Here's my question. When you watch it for your third and final time, yep. do you think you will enjoy it more?
1: Uh, yeah, because I'll just sit there and reminisce about the good old times, talking with Brandon and Troy about it. Also, my son will be there being like, you know, he he gets into these Goosebumps episodes like more than Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think.
2: Well, they're younger.
1: They're like the perfect introduction to horror. Like, Yeah. I think Goosebumps is the first step, and then Are You Afraid of the Dark is, like, the next semi-step. And it's perfect.
2: So what you're saying is after you guys finish Goosebumps, you gotta go back and do Are You Afraid of the Dark again?
1: Yeah, we need to revisit it all over again.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So, to answer your question, Brandon, um... It's okay, I guess. It's still my least favorite Goosebumps episode thus far, though.
0: Okay. So, Corlin thinks it's dog shit. Troy... You think it's amazing.
1: <laughs> Troy thinks it's the greatest thing in sliced bread, so
2: <laughs> And I love me some sliced bread. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bread's good.
2: <sighs> um I did when when we talked about me doing an episode, I watched like this and the next one and loved the next one. I won't say anything else about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But because this one had those actors from my other episodes <laughs>
1: You forced yourself to love this one. I see how it is. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome
2: kind of deal. It's just like, it's it's kismet. It, it has to happen. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought this episode was just okay. I like it more having talked about it with you guys. That happens with every episode, though. Do you guys think we could extrapolate any kind of moral out of this story?
1: Um, yeah. Live rent-free in basements of schools. Like, there's a really high chance you're not gonna get caught.
2: Yeah, if you um, if you think some lousy kids are snooping around, paper mache a mask and um, paint their locker. this. <laughs> oh, really? How did he? How did he know Zeke's locker? That makes me think maybe that was Tina the whole time was tina and emil working together
1: i was thinking it was still brian doing that because like he would know everybody's locker because he's a ghost and he's bored so he goes around the school and checks everything out
0: maybe the phantom is all of us (laughs) oh that's deep right wow all right do we have any alternate titles for this episode phantom of the auditorium's pretty good
1: yeah, I like Phantom of the Auditorium because it's a, a good play on Phantom of the Opera and, to a very much lesser extent, Phantom of the Megaplex.
0: A lesser extent? Excuse
1: me? What do you mean, excuse me? Phantom of the Megaplex was a movie, wasn't it? Yeah, but Phantom of the Megaplex is fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's got Mickey Rooney in it, so...
2: If this was an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, the title would be spoilerific and be something like the tale of... The Homeless Man and Brian is the ghost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh yeah, the tale of the walking shadow for the alternate title. Oh, but, but there you go. <laughs> right. Perfect. There we
0: go. Nailed it. So the next episode that we have coming up Cortland, is called Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. All right. Well, based on that name alone,
1: that sounds like it's going to be fucking boring. Are we in for another Are we in for another fan of the
0: auditorium? Like, <laughs> uh, I
2: don't I don't think so. That is the episode that I watched, and I give it, like, a 10 out of 10, so we'll see. (laughs) That means you guys could both think it's dog shit, but...
1: (laughs) Let me, uh, let me look at the cover and see what I like, see what's up with this. Okay, so, I remember this cover, because it was so, like, basic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a piano that's curved for some reason, and there's two disembodied hands that are jamming on it, um... And the tagline says, Play it again, hands. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, now that you described <laughs> oh, that Jesus. I can I remember that cover. Yeah, it's not uh, one of the better covers.
1: It's like it's not bad. Um I mean, it's just kind of boring. The yeah. piano looks nice. The red color is pretty good. Uh I don't know what this could possibly be about, uh, except for maybe like a kid gets some piano lessons from a wacky piano teacher whose hands pop off for some reason. Uh, Maybe he... Oh, maybe he collects hands. Okay, he collects the hands Mm. of the kids that are good at piano and he murders the kids. If there's not murder in this episode,
0: you guys, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. It says can be murder, not definitely will be
2: murder. No, this is definitely the Goosebumps episode with the highest body count. (laughs) Slaughtered kids everywhere.
1: Yeah, there's... I I think I... I think I probably got it down. Like, I don't know how it could be anything else. Yeah, besides. it's probably
0: exactly that, Cortland. Now, I can I can say that there is someone from Are You Afraid of the Dark in this episode. I know that doesn't mean much because there's <laughs> been someone in every episode we watched, but this is an interesting one that I think you will enjoy.
2: Okay.
1: All right. It's Beth, isn't it? She's back and she's better than ever.
2: <laughs> don't touch that my stuff.
1: Don't touch my piano.
0: No, I know it's all right. Have. Well, I think we're uh, just about done here. Yeah. Uh, Troy, thank you for being on this episode with us.
2: Thank you for having me. I feel honored to um, come back for goosebumps after after all these months. Just
0: been yeah, waiting. we'll have to we'll have to have you back. You know, on our next show when we're talking about Littlest Hobo or
1: yeah, uh, paranormal
0: yeah. psi. Whatever that was.
1: We're going to be doing that one movie we talked about in Girl Who Cried Monster with the guy with the, with the uh, guitar stealing
0: kids. What movie was that? Oh, I don't, God. What was it what even was called? That? I don't remember. I
2: don't remember what that was called. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it, though.
0: Guitar Man? Some, I don't know. I don't, it was dumb. <laughs> it sounded guitar cool, Man. though. Where can people find you on the internet, Troy? I don't. <laughs> hey, Where no. can people stalk you?
2: <laughs> oh I, I don't like people um Instagram Troy H. Gardner <laughs> Twitter Troy H. Gardner
0: alright well we've been up all night I oh. will see you next week for Piano Lessons Can Be Murder oh boy
2: Okay. And in, in like three weeks I'll be listening to it on iTunes
0: yes exactly <laughs> you better be <laughs> alright bye everybody bye, bye.
2: Nate Janitor? There's no Nate Janitor.